Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey everybody, this is Marnie Spiberg and I welcome you to another edition of Marnie's Friends and we are excited today to have our guest Janet Eccles with us, but she's having a little difficult time getting into the line just now and we're not sure if this is a issue on the Blog Talk uh, radio site or with her line or whatever, but she'll be joining us shortly. In the meantime, while we wait for her, I want to refresh your memory about a little resource that I have for you over at godlywealth.com. That's wealth according to God's plan. So it's www.godlywealth.com. Wealth meaning money or not necessarily only money, meaning anything that God values, that you value, uh, that that is wealth, the things that uh, we say, I am wealthy because I have wonderful people in my life. I have my health. I have God in my life, all of these things. Well, if you go over to godlywealth.com, you'll see the three main presenters at the top and then down at the bottom, you'll see my picture next to the words, Enjoy Scripture Worship with Marnie. There's some MP3s there that are just wonderful uh, scripture reminders of who God is and what he is doing for you. And they can just play in your headset. There's also a wealth roster PDF. And that's what I wanted to just spend a minute here and remind you about this Wealth Roster PDF because this resource is so helpful. What it is is it's a sheet of paper that has a template on it, a kind of a form, if you would. And on the left side, you write down what you are requesting of God, maybe your vision, your dream, your need, whatever it is. You write it on that left side there. And then in the middle... You circle which character qualities or which which wealth (laughs) identifies with that uh, if you got it right away and which one would identify with if you got it later. So let's just use an example. Um, So let's say that you need, um, say that you need a new vehicle. Your vehicle isn't working very well. We can relate to this at our house right now. Your vehicle isn't working very well and you need a new vehicle. You're praying for a new vehicle. So you would write on the left-hand side of the uh, wealth roster from godlywealth.com, you would write down, need new vehicle. And then in the first section next to it, it would say the the, um, heading is yes or now. And that would be if you were to get that right now. If God were to say, yes, you get a new vehicle today or this week or right away, this is uh, what you get right now. And the next column over is no or later. Maybe no, you don't get that new car. Later, you get the new car. And then the final column is for the outcome. And once again, I see so many of you just joining us right now. Once again, we're over at godlywealth.com doing the wealth roster real quick. Uh, We're waiting for a guest to call in. Um, And if you look, okay, so you write down your needs. For example, we need a car, a working car. If If you got it right away, what would that develop in you? And you would circle the things that that would develop in your life. So maybe uh, let's go down and just go through the list. Would it develop generosity if you got a new car right now? Well, maybe. 
if you um, were to be able to drive people around or uh, things like that, it might ge- develop generosity. And you, how about contentment? Well, you, maybe, but you're, you know, you maybe have to be learn more contentment if he says no. So that would be circled on the later or the no side. Go down to diligence. Would it develop your diligence to get a car right away? Mm, not really. How about faithfulness? Not really. How about uh, goodness? Would it develop your goodness? Probably not. Humility? Probably not. Kindness? Probably not. Joy? Oh, well, it might develop your joy to get a car right away. Uh, knowledge? Not so much. Love? Not so much. Gentleness? Peace? Maybe peace. Getting the car right away might develop, you know, it might give you a little more peace. Self-control? Patience? Purity? Forgiveness? Wisdom? And honesty? Okay, so really getting the car, getting an answer to that prayer, do you want a car? Uh, or you need a car, God, can I have a car right now? Give it to you right away. Might help you be more generous, be filled with joy, and have some peace. But if God were to say, you know what, I'm going to have you wait a little while. Uh, maybe later you get a car. Maybe you're just going to depend on other people for a ride for a while. You know what, that's going to develop in you. Let's uh, look at that. That could develop contentment, diligence in prayer, faithfulness to God, despite the fact that he didn't come right through for you on your request. It might develop humility in your awareness that you're dependent on God. It might develop kindness in you. So later when you saw somebody else who didn't have a car and needed a ride or needed help with that, you were more kind. It might develop um, uh, self-control in that you're having to wait for this thing and not just go out and take out a big loan that you can't afford to have. Maybe patience. So what we find with this godly wealth roster is that uh, it develops our Faith in God, it develops so many character qualities when God says yes and when God says no. By using this roster in my own life, I really came to a point where I could be happy no matter which way God is is answering my prayer because I know that I'm developing wealth, godly wealth, either way, whether I get a yes answer or a no answer. And I actually was surprised how many times a no or a wait answer from God was actually far more developing to me as a person than getting everything that I wanted right away. Well, I'm excited to see that our guest has arrived. So this time, I'd like to introduce the program. Today's program is called Contagious Courage. And our guest today will be sharing with us the surprising windows through which we see God's promises revealed, how to embrace failures to find the next step to success, learn why fear is an emotion, not an obstacle, how to find genuine joy even in the midst of stress and struggle, why feeling overwhelmed is an invitation to recalculate, secrets to finding victory in everyday details, how to embrace the peace you lost, how to change the voice you hear in your head, how to avoid the snare to compare, and how to see your challenges as channels to God's victory. Like this last one, how to see your challenges, because our guest today is blind. She is the number one best-selling author, Latina international speaker, radio host, and personal success coach, Janet Perez-Eccles. She loves guiding women toward becoming number one, entering obstacles into triumph and success. And I'd like to welcome you right now, Janet. Thank you so much, Marnie. <laughs> well, I'm so I glad you met it. Yay! <laughs> you know what? I think God is putting me to the test. Am I really going to live up to those points that you just mentioned, right? <laughs> well, you know, honestly, I just had the, I just had the same exact thing happen to me last week. I'm writing I'm writing my next book is called Slow Through That Though. And I hit a really scary and overwhelming point 
in it, and somebody said out loud to me, well, now you get to practice <laughs> what, you're, what you're writing at this new level. And it's so true. In fact, when you couldn't call in, that was my immediate thought, was this is a test. This is just a test. <laughs> yes, so, exactly. Are we going like to pass the test, right? Are we going to pass the test? And you know what's great about tests is that if you fail them, with God, you usually get another chance uh, to go around, so that's pretty nice in our life here. Uh, you just got to make sure that you're right with God. That's the one test you don't want to ever <laughs> fail. Make sure that you're on the right train heading to heaven, and then once you're on the train, uh, God gives us lots of choices. Janet, as we talk today about courageous for, or contagious, you are one of my favorite examples and role models of this. You've been through so much yourself. Why don't, before you start giving your... Um, Teaching today, why don't you go ahead and just in two or three minutes just share a little bit of why you are a good person to talk about this. Why should people listen to you about courage? Well, why should they listen to me? Let's see. Well, I think I I have to live with courage every moment of every day simply because 30 years ago I lost my sight completely. And living in darkness requires a little bit of tenacity, a lot of courage, and huge amounts of faith. My little boys were very young at the time, and I didn't know what what my life would be like. However, God knew, and that's when I realized that I need to lean on him and draw courage for every step, literally for every step, physical, emotionally, and mm. spiritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And you've also been through some loss in your life. That's right. And I think we'll cover that, you know, with each of the points that we mentioned. And, okay. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's go ahead then and start right in with the surprising window through which we see God's promises revealed. There you go. You know, all of us end up facing surprises in life, but a lot of them aren't pleasant surprises. Sometimes they're shocking news or episodes that just turn our world upside down. And that's what had happened to me, as I mentioned, when I lost my sight. I was only 31, and my little boys were 5, 3, and 7. And uh, the worst thing was, Moni, is that the prognosis was that I would never be able to see again. There's no cure. There still isn't. So you would say I was facing a problem. A big problem. It was a setback. It was adversity that I didn't expect, nor did I think I deserved. But let me tell you what happened with that with that problem. It was at the very time when I thought I would just give up. Is when God's promise came to life in my heart. Uh, There were days that I just didn't think I wanted to live anymore because it was overwhelming for me. It happened in a matter of 18 months, so it was very much unexpected. But then when a friend invited me to her church, hope and courage and uh, faith came to a verse, Matthew uh, Matthew 6.33, that says, Express the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added on to you. You see, in, in that, there was a promise. Once you do that first, he will do something for you. He will add all these things to you. And that's when I saw through my problem of my blindness, saw his promise revealed and fulfilled. Of course, (laughs) had I not lost my sight, I would still be that woman happy happy with the things of the world, 
hopeless and not hopeless in the things of God, but living an empty life, which is pretty much what my life was like, even though I could see physically, even though life was going well for me. I didn't have a conviction. I didn't have the promise of the Lord in my heart. So it was through that promise that my eyes, spiritual eyes, opened up, and my vision became clear, and my life became better, Ronnie, because of my blindness. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's just amazing. So when we think about the surprising window, for you, would you say that it was blindness itself, or what would you say it was for you? What, the blessing in itself? Uh, the surprising um, I, window, yeah. Well, the, the surprise, of course, was I think the blindness itself because it changed my focus. It allowed me to see what is really truly important in life. Is it the fact that you're quote-unquote normal, that you can mm. see, you can hear, you can walk? Or is it the fact that you live grounded on God's truth? You live uh, with faith in him, seeking him first. And so the surprise ended up being a transformation for me that just changed my life completely into something much better. And I know for for me so many times, something that looks really terrible in the moment can turn out to be uh, one of the best things that ever happened uh, later. And it's hard to believe that in the moment. In fact, I'm not sure if we should ever say that to people in the moment. <laughs> but but uh, it is so true that God is so faithful. How uh, how do you embrace failures to find next steps to success? You know, failures are something that people would view as negative. I see failures as a necessary step that takes you to the next level. But failure can't be confused with defeat. Let me give you an example. I remember trying to take care of my little boys in the kitchen, cooking, and trying to do my best um, to care for them and still be a mom even though I couldn't see. And I had opened the cabinet door, and one of the little guys started to cry, so I went to take care of him. And when I went back toward the cabinet, I hit my my head against the door that I forgot was opened. Mm -hmm. I put a gash in my head and I just tears and blood started streaming down. And then I thought, you know, I can't do this. This is too hard. I can't take care of this little boy. I can't be a mom. I'm just a failure. But then God changed my thinking in that I'm not a failure because I'm still trying. I'm still taking steps to do what I need to do. A failure or being defeated would have meant if I'd have stayed in bed, unable to get up thinking, no, I don't want to face the world. I don't want my life like this. I'm not getting up. But yet I was still, I didn't do that. I was still taking taking steps forward. And I think for all of us as authors and speakers, we face those moments where we think, oh, it didn't go the way we thought. I'm failing. But we're really not. We're taking steps. If we're not taking steps forward, we're not going to fail, right? And who wants to be stagnant and not thrive and continue to move forward? So, I, I really don't think there are really um, failures in life that should stop us. Instead, they should fuel us to take the very next step with more passion and more determination. Oh, I love that. I always, I always say define failure as feedback. Just as just yeah. well, we talked earlier, you know, about having a test—a test of your tenacity, a test of your faith in God. A t- we have all these tests that come along. 
um, you know, when I sent you the email after you, when you were having trouble getting out of the line, I said, just keep trying until you get through. And that is so much how life is. You just keep on stepping up. You know, and actually, if you think of a, a basketball player or maybe a baseball player, the baseball player keeps going to bat, keeps swinging, keeps practicing until they make a hit, until they get better at it and begin to do it. It's just so important not to throw in the towel that the first time you missed or even the hundredth time you missed, I'm glad Edison didn't quit before the thousandth time that he missed because we really appreciate the life that we have. So I think that that is so important, and I love how you said just take the next step. Just just take a step. Yes, absolutely. The next step is what may just take you to the higher level that God has planned for you. He doesn't want us to be defeated. He said, you know, he will not cause us allow us to fall. We may stumble, but he won't allow us to fall. Mm, absolutely. Well, this is Marnie Sutter. We're visiting today with Janet or Perez Eccles, and that's actually the name of her website, JanetPerezEccles.com. We're going to come right back and talk about why fear is an emotion, not an obstacle, and how to find genuine joy even in the midst of really tough stuff. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Fleming, and you've joined us today at Marnie's Friends with our guest, Janet Eccles Perez. I keep doing that backwards, Jen. Sorry about that. Janet Perez <laughs> And um, Janet is one of our speakers over at womenspeakers.com, and I encourage you to check out her page there as well as her own website at JanetPerezEccles.com. Janet, let's talk about why fear is an emotion. Well, let, I just want to stop for just a second and, and go back, because I think a lot of – I remember when I learned this, and it was earth-shattering to me, um, just groundbreaking information, to learn that an emotion is not my responsibility. It's what I do with the emotions. So we would just say fear comes, um, feeling comes. But then it's what we do with them that matters. And I'm not judged for having a feeling. I, in fact, I I am going to have feelings, even feelings that I don't want to have. But it's what we do with those feelings that really is our responsibility and changes things. So let's talk about why fear is an emotion and how it cannot be an obstacle because it seems like it would always be an obstacle. So maybe just address that. Yes, absolutely. Fear is an emotion, and we can change our emotions by changing our thinking. You're right. What do we do with those emotions? Do we allow them to paralyze us, or we have the wisdom to know how to change them? And in my case, I have to conquer fear quite often. Last year, I went to South America with um, several speaking engagements in countries, um, in one country that I had never been to before, and, of course, when I travel across the country and other countries, I go by myself. So as I was preparing for this trip, I started to think, if, what if I, I for some reason, the plane has to detour and it takes me to another city, what if the person who's supposed to pick me up isn't there? You see, in South America, they view blind people or people with impairments much differently. 
in the United States, you have the American okay. Disability Act, which, you know, bring accommodations, but not in South America. So all those what-ifs began to fill my, my head and my heart. But then I realized that fear comes when we focus on the what-ifs, but faith comes when we focus, focus on who is. Who is God really? Is he the God who says he will provide, he will protect me, he will guide me, he will be there with me? So when I focused on that, I thought, there is nothing to fear. And some friends would tell me, you know, Janet, are you crazy? You're going to go by yourself? <laughs> and I, I, I would think, well, no, I, I know who is the one who's with me. You see, when you focus on that, then fear, fear has no place. And even while in South America, while I was already there, um, you know, fear for little details not working out, me not having control, I had to always counteract and say, you know, this is an emotion. This doesn't come from God. There are more than 300 verses in the Bible that talk about fear, how to conquer it, how to face it, how to move beyond it. And that's what I had to really um, hang on to and put fear aside so I would have the peace and the wisdom in order for me to be able to get the message to thousands and thousands of people that God put me through. So you're right. What do we do with the fear? Do we choose to hold it back or do we give it to the Lord and replace it with faith? Faith that God is with you. Faith that you don't have to be able to see to do God's work, right? You don't have mm-hmm. to know what tomorrow brings to be able to serve him and to be able to bring your message to others. Janet, it is just about mind-boggling to me to try to imagine doing a trip to South America blind by yourself. That is just, <laughs> that's truly amazing. It seems like, though, and, and I know people say to me sometimes, you talk about God as if he's really with you. And and, and honestly, I, I believe that you also have just come to a point where you don't, see him as someone far away in heaven, you see God as someone, someone with you, as if he's like a person with you. He is He is actually literally with you. Is that how, when you're actually walking through something, is that how you experience him? Absolutely. So close to me that I can hear his whisper mm-hmm. at every step of the way. And, you know, I it's so much so, money that I enjoy. I absolutely enjoy traveling by myself because I know mm-hmm. physically I may be by myself, but I am with him. Not only that, money, but so important that we need to remember is that he goes before us. He already prepared the way. So why should we fear? He's not someone who's abstract and unaware of, of where he's taking me. He's the one who opened the door. He's the one who made the plans and knows the details. All I have to do is follow. One of my favorite names for God is providence. And what that means is going before and preparing the way. And I I love that about God. We never have to worry that he's going to be caught by surprise or that something is too hard for him to handle. And I, you know, I just hear what you're saying. I, you know, I too love to travel alone. I, I don't travel alone. I travel with God or I love to, you know, be alone because I'm never alone. I'm alone with God. And I, I just can't, you know, you're, you take with your blindness, you really take that to a new level of dependence that I've never had to experience, never gotten to. Uh, I just, I just am so proud of you. I was telling somebody right before the show, I'm so excited about this hour because Janet just walks her talk. She just walks <laughs> in dependence on Christ. Let's talk about how to find genuine joy 
even in the midst of stress and struggle? Oh, that's a great one because we we think God created us to to have peace, to have prosperity, or even health. But God created us for joy. So how does somebody like me, you know, totally blind, other worst tragedies? How do I have joy? I learned that lesson many years ago. In fact, right after I lost my sight because my husband couldn't handle that. At the time, he was also 31. He had married a healthy woman, a woman who could see, and now he was married to a blind woman. So he announced that he was leaving me for someone else. And at that time, the darkness, physical and emotional darkness, was more than I could bear. Of course, the story is a little bit long, but Ultimately, God had given me a new vision of who God was and to lean on him, not so much lean on my husband or lean on other people. So eventually God healed our marriage beautifully. Um, We'll be married 39 years. He's the love of my life, second only to Jesus. But the main lesson I learned, Marnie, in that episode was that joy, the joy that we have doesn't depend on anyone else. It doesn't depend on our husband. It doesn't depend on our children, our family members, our pastor. It depends on the source of our joy, and that is God. So for me to be able to feel like, oh, my husband is leaving me, uh, you know, I'm blind, I don't feel whole anymore, how could I ever be happy? That was the wrong type of thinking. I learned that the joy that I have in my heart comes from the Lord. And if he lives in me, no one can take that joy away. So joy doesn't depend on happenings. You know, you're happy because of the happenings, but genuine joy really depends on who you look, who do you look to, to feel you, to make you feel fulfilled and whole, to bring significance, and it's the Lord. And even in the midst of tragedy, that deep down joy never fades away. It is always there. And People say to me, Jenny, I can tell you have joy in your voice. How do you do it? And I think it's because gratitude also plays a big part in the joy that I have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that I have people do is, you know, you put this big newspaper or a piece of paper in front of your eyes like you're reading it, you know, just you guys can do it with me right now. Just hold up something in front of you. And what you see is you see this paper. That's all you see. But then when you fold it in half between your hands, your hands come into like the praying position where you just have your hands, your palms against each other with that paper in the middle. The paper hasn't gone away, but now all of a sudden you can see a lot more than just the paper. And the paper represents the problem where when it's opened up in front of your face, that's all you can see is the problem. Problem, problem, stress, stress, you know, trouble. But when mm-hmm. you fold your hands over it in prayer, all of a sudden, it takes its rightful place. It's part of the perspective, but not all. And it sounds to me like through your struggles, you've chosen, you have chosen to to place your trust and hope in God. You've chosen to fold that paper down a lot and to really look at what God's doing around you instead of just looking at the challenge. That is so true. Marnie, you said it so beautifully. It is a choice. I do have the choice to say, you know what, I can't see. I can just stay home and, and do nothing or look at the problem I have. You know, I'm blind. I have a good excuse not to try, not to keep moving forward, and that would mean that I'm focusing on the problem. But, of course, the problem is not what should be in front of us, as you say. Um, the promise that God has given us, that he will see us through, that he will help us, 
I look beyond it to be able to see what is it that he has prepared beyond the problem, beyond the struggle, beyond the challenge that we have. Um, so I will always remember that opening the newspaper. And, of course, you can't see what's written in it, or I can't even see the paper. But <laughs> I like that illustration. <laughs> <laughs> so you say, you say that when you get when you start feeling overwhelmed, it's an invitation to recalculate. What do you mean by that? Oh, goodness. That's right. A lot of times we all need recalculating, right? And we need to turn around and take a different path. Not long ago, a woman was sharing with me her her concern. She was just distraught. She said, you know, my son, he's into drugs. He goes from rehab center one to the other. I can't do this anymore. I don't know how to handle this. It's too much for me. I feel overwhelmed. And I said, She's right. Well, what she was relating to me was everything that began with the word or the letter I. She was trying to resolve all this. She was trying to handle it. And every time we do that, we are going to be overwhelmed. We're going to sink into just a burdened life that we can't seem to get out of. If we focus on that, I can't. It's too much for me. But in those moments when we're overwhelmed, Sometimes self-pity tries to get in, right? Poor me. Why Why did this happen to me? But God is saying, let's recalculate. Let's turn around. Let's see that situation through my eyes. Let me show you what I can do. You're limited, but I, I don't have any limited, limits in my power. Your son is doing that, but I have his life in my hands. You can't handle it, but nothing is impossible for me. So when we do feel overwhelmed by life, overwhelmed by a terrible diagnosis by, from the doctor, by blindness, but too much in our ministry, it's time to recalculate and say, what path does God want me to take? What is it that I need to do to follow him rather than to follow my way to find a solution? So yes, overwhelming is something that we encounter more often than we want to, but what do we do with it? That is the key. Well, I have a phrase I like to say to God. I always say, Jesus, talk to me about this from your perspective. And yes. it just changes everything to get God's perspective about a situation. Just uh, before you came on the line, Janet, because um, you were just a couple minutes late here with a connection issue, uh, I, I was explaining the tool that I have over at godlywealth.com, the wealth roster, and how it changed my perspective of what God was doing in my life just to recognize that he can bring good out of even the thing I don't want the worst. He can sometimes bring more good out of that than out of giving me what I'm asking for. And he's God, he's the best parent ever. And he is always going to go for my best uh, my best outcome, even though I may be, you know, like a spoiled child will kick and scream and <laughs> whine about it. So, I mean, you know, right. you, you probably spent quite a lot of time asking God, you know, at least in the earlier years and probably still today to some degree, asking God to heal you of your blindness. What do you do with that no answer? Oh, what a great question, Marty. So far, no one has asked me that yet, and thank you for asking it. Um, Yes, at the beginning, I was desperately seeking for an answer, for a miracle, for God to have compassion and mercy toward me and cut me my sight back. Mm -hmm. But once he filled my heart, pardon me, and he opened 
the door to start this ministry, my life became so rich with so much um, productivity, so many open doors that I really truly began to believe that goodness, this blessing is this blindness is not a curse; it's a blessing. And my prayer, Marnie, is not, Lord, when are you going to answer my prayer and, and give me back my sight? My prayer is, Lord, I will be happy when you choose to give me back my sight. But until then, I'm going to live a life of gratitude. More often than not, Bonnie, I ask myself, why me? Why is it me that he chose to bless in so many ways? I shouldn't really be living a life of misery. <laughs> my life should be a mess. But instead, he chose me to, to, to chose for me to see so many things that I could do in spite of my blindness. So that question no longer <laughs> enters my heart or my mind. What are you going to heal me? Instead, I just I just thank him. And uh, yes, I will see. You know that when we are we're all in heaven, I'll be able to see. Uh, so I look forward to that too. Beautiful. This is Marnie Smother visiting today with our guest Janet Perez Eccles. You can visit her website at JanetPerezEccles.com or find her over at WomenSpeakers.com. We're going to come right back and talk to Secrets to Finding Victory in Everyday Detail and How to Embrace the Peace You Just Lost. We'll be right back. Christian Women's Events. At Women'sEvents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian Women's Events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and our guest today is Janet Perez-Eccles. We're talking about contagious courage. And before we go on, Janet, I just want to spend a moment and introduce a couple of your books here. Uh, your book, Contagious Courage, is now available. It's a 30-day journey to overcoming stress and anxiety. You can find that at her website. And also, your other books are Simply Salva, Dancing Without Fear at God's Fiesta, uh, Hola, Hola, Happiness, Finding Joy by Dancing to the Melody of God's Word, and Trials of the Day, Treasures for Tomorrow, Overcoming Adversities in Life. I'm so grateful, uh, Janet. As an author myself, I know how much work it is to write and publish a book, and I'm so grateful that you have done these. uh, So much good stuff there that people can get and, and read for daily devotions or just as they need to grab a little Janet in their head, and of course, uh, what they're really getting is Jesus through Janet. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about secrets to finding victory in everyday details. You know, a lot of times it is the small things that really uh, shake up shake us up. I mean, the big ones obviously do, but we're kind of expecting that big things would. But it's sometimes the little things that can can really trip us up in our faith with God. 
They can. They really can, Marty. And you know, so many times, Marty, the um, the little things are the ones that can ruin a whole day. Imagine that, right? When I have my little grandchildren over, I get to thinking, oh, I wish I could get in the car and take them to the park or to the library or to the zoo. I wish I could read them stories. And so those little details that many of your listeners who can see take for granted, well, those can be really big challenges for me. But I chose rather than that, than focus on what I cannot do, focus on the things I can still do with them. Uh, we, I love to create stories and teach them to use their imagination, and we do plays, yeah. and I teach them about the Lord. So you see, those little details, we can turn them around and say, wait a minute, that didn't happen, but this good thing did happen. Um, the other day, um, a friend was telling me, she said, I cannot believe I did that. She was driving, and she spilled soda all over her new suit. And she oh. was uh, she was just devastated. And I said, honey, listen to this. What if you would be right now laying in the hospital because you would have had a horrible accident? Wouldn't you wish you just had spilled something on your suit? And she said, why do you have to do this to me, Janet? You always bring logic to my face. <laughs> and see, we are so, we're so accustomed to focus on, oh, poor me, look what happened to me. But God said, no, I have victory in so many other things. Would you open your eyes and just take a look? Would you open your eyes to see what you can do? And see, that's just a way of life for me. Um, recently, I got an email from uh, my employer that we have to change systems. That means I have to navigate through this website, which is nearly impossible for me. And I'm thinking, Lord, how are we going to do this? Because it is very, very difficult. But then I thought, come on, let's focus on the things I can do on the, on the computer with my with my voice, my screen reader. I can send emails. I can write books, articles. I'm going to focus and rejoice on that instead. You see how my life, my day, my attitude and thinking can change when we focus on the little victories of our day. Absolutely. So important. And I, I like how you asked the question of I wonder how God could I wonder how God could do this. <laughs> That's a great question. Exactly. Because yeah, and I always call I always call it curiosity. So worry worry is where I'm dancing with the doubt. I'm dancing with the fear. I'm dancing with the things that are going to drag me down, whereas curiosity is putting faith and hope in Christ and just being curious and wondering, how are you going to do this this time? You've brought me through so many things. How are you going to bring me through this one? Uh, I just love that. I love that. How do you, like when you, like, totally lose your peace, um, you are just uh, kind of gone, how do you get back to peace? Well, you know what you have to do to get back the piece, um, the piece that goes beyond our understanding? You have to have a good memory. Let me explain. <laughs> Let me tell you first how my family lost all of our peace, including me. And that was when my son Joe was 19 years old. Um, he was killed. He was stabbed 23 times in a, in a horrible, oh. horrible encounter and that was that was such a painful such a you can imagine being a mom what can do that can do to you I mean turn my world upside down and yes my peace was gone I was devastated I was desperate I was just beyond words and pain and heartache but 
even though when we got those news, what happened is for me to be able to, to gain that, I guess, that control, that peace, what happened is I had to remember what did God do when I lost my sight? What what did he do in those moments when I was just totally in desperation? He was by my side. He was the one who comforted me. So I remember that, and in doing so, you know what I heard in my heart, not audibly, but in my heart, I heard it so clearly. He said, be still and know that I am God. In the devastation of losing our son, God was telling me, don't you know who I am? Don't you remember what I have done for you? Don't you know what I'm going to do? What I am capable of doing, of comforting you, of bringing that peace back. So I remembered, and I hung on to that promise, and I spoke to that, and I said, Lord, you are the only one who could give me back the comfort that I need, who could bring back the peace that I so desperately need to be able to get through each day in the midst of this grief. And he was faithful to his word once again. So you see, all of us face tough times, maybe not the murder of your child. We face setbacks. We face challenges. But God is saying, would you stop and remember? He did the same thing with the Israelites. Remember when he said, when he held them across the Jordan River, he said, get these rocks, pile them up so you can remember what I did for you. He's always asking us, don't forget who I am. Remember what I did for you know what I'll do for you now. Yeah, that's just so amazing. It's amazing that, you know, you can talk about that with a smile. I can hear your smile as you're talking (laughs) about the loss of your son. And I know people who have never gotten over it, Janet, who who 30 years later are still completely uh, buried under the grief and loss and bitterness of losing a child, losing a spouse. And, you know, you you made, once again, you made a choice. And I just I just think instead of trying harder, you trusted more. That's just, you keep going back there. You keep just going back to trusting in God. Yes, Marty. Marty. And, you know, what happens in, in those situations, and I've encountered men doing the ministry, you know, I, I minister to so many women who are, exactly what you just described, and that is they're sinking in their self-pity and they're just beating themselves up because they don't want to be happy again. They don't think they deserve after such a loss. But you know what I did, and 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 this is what I speak about and write about, and that is what I turned my, my pain and my grief and my tragedy is into a um, gesture of gratitude. And let me explain that. I chose not on the loss of my son, but chose to be grateful for the 19 years that he was in our life. Imagine that. God chose to give him to us so I can experience his hugs, his kisses, his sense of humor. So I have a sense of deep gratitude to the Lord for that. I have gratitude because I have the choice to live as a victim or a victor. I have the gratitude of inspiring thousands through my writing and my speaking to let them know that with God, there is no tragedy. There's only triumph. So really a sense of gratitude is something that gets me up, gets me up in the morning, gets me through my day, and gets me through my writing and speaking as well. Beautiful. This is Marty Sweber. We're visiting with Janet Perez-Eccles. We're going to come back and talk about how to change that voice that's in your head, how to avoid the snare to compare, and how to see your challenges 
as channels to God's victory. We'll be right back. What's your next step? Are you tired of scouring the internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more. All available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and you are at Marnie's Friends at Blog Talk Radio. And you know, I mention this almost every week that I'm grateful that you're here listening today because uh, once again, there's so many listeners that were on the front page of Blog Talk Radio. And one of the reasons I mention is because we weren't always. <laughs> so everybody <laughs> starts somewhere. And it's so fun to just know how many of you are listening and to know that this is helping you. Uh, our wonderful guest today, Janet Perez-Eccles. Uh, this is such an encouragement to me, Janet, already. Let's go ahead and talk about the voices in our head. And, of course, the voice in our head is usually our own voice. I also think that sometimes um, the voices of other people, and even I think that there can be, you know, um, unseen voices that, that can speak to us, um, things that are not true as well. But when we have a voice in our head that's telling us things that are harmful to us, things that are not helpful, uh, what do you do, Janet, when you are hearing words in your head that aren't helpful to you? <laughs> That's right. And sometimes we even listen to the words that were said to us as little girls. And those like you know, they still keep mm-hmm. playing over and over again. And sometimes we do hear words that are negative, they're destructive, and they're false. Uh, let me just tell you a little story. When I go to speak, you know, they assign someone to me to pick me up from the airport and take me to the hotel. And when we get to the room, um, they always ask me, is there anything I can do for you? And I always tell them, yes, do me a favor. Make sure all the lights are off because I've been known to sleep with all lights on and I don't know. So, of course, it's a strange request. But they do that for me. And when I'm in that hotel room by myself, of course, I've never been there before, I have the choice. I could listen to that voice that says, what are you doing here? What if, what if there's a fire in a hotel? How are you going to find your clothes? You don't even know where the bathroom is. How are you going to get around? How are you going to find your, you know, your makeup and get ready? Or do I listen to the voice and say, thank you, Jesus, because you're with me. See, it's that voice that talks to me from reading scripture, from reading God's instructions, his, his promises, that echo in my heart of the voices and listen to the voices that speak through Jesus, and that is, this is great. This gives me perfect time to prepare for my talk. This gives me a time just to have silence, and this gives me a time to um, see what I can find out in this room. And, of course, the next day when they come and pick me out, they're always admiring, who is in there with you, they say, Janet? Who put on your makeup? Who fixed your hair and shows your clothes? But see, what they don't know is, is the power of your words. And so, the power of your words really depends on the parent, pattern of your thinking, and that can either poison your attitude or present new horizons, you see. So what voices am I hearing in, in moments where most people would have a little bit of restlessness or, or worry? I listen to the voice of reassurance, not restlessness, of reassurance that God says, I am with you. doesn't matter where you are. And in the years of ministry, I found that so many women are still hearing the voices of, I'm so fat, I can't do it, I'll never make it, see everyone else can, I don't have what it takes, 
why I'm in this situation. And I always say, what if we replace those voices? We change the CD in a player and we listen mm. instead of voice to the voice that lifts you up, that encourages you, that opens the path to new horizons. And I might say they're very exciting horizons. <laughs> mm. So beautiful. I am going to uh, digress here for just, I want you to spend about a minute or two, just because I am curious to death. (laughs) I would like to know, when you are alone in a room for the first time, okay, so uh, your speaker shepherd leaves and you're there in this hotel room, you've never been in this room before, you don't know where anything is, Uh, how do you actually proceed? Like, do you have a, a routine that you do to familiarize yourself with your first surroundings, or what do you do? Well, when I do, first of all, you know, they, they ask me, where do you want your luggage? And I say, just close to the bed. So I always have it, like, across the bed. So they give me a point of reference. So I know where the bed is. I know where my luggage is. Those two things are key. So then when they leave, what I do is I just stretch out my hands or use my white cane and kind of get a little lay of the land, you know. I, I find where's the bathroom. Oh, okay, three, four steps, no problem, to the right. I don't need lights. I don't have to worry about turning on the light. And I get my bearings on, the, you know, the bathroom, the sink, the shower and stuff. So I, in my mind, I draw a map of the room, the bathroom, uh, where my luggage is, uh, where the closet is. And in my mind, it's it's pretty much clearly laid out. So when I get up, I know exactly which direction to take. Now, I have to be honest, too, in this, in that there have been times when I hit my head <laughs> because I turned the corner maybe a little bit too short. Um, sure. And I've been known also to rearrange the room. Like if, they, if it's a big room, some people really put me up in fancy hotels and the the luggage thing is way over there. So I just move things around and put things where I can reach them. And I always put everything when I know it's where I know it's going to be so I can find them, so I can pack the leaves. So it, it's really very, very simple for me. It's nothing <laughs> extraordinary. So that's how I do it. That's, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with me. I was just curious, and thank you so much. Let's talk about how to avoid the snare to compare. Oh, goodness. Now, if I were to ask you and your listeners, have you ever done that? Have you ever seen another speaker or author and you think, oh, I wish I could have that, those kind of book sales or, my goodness, I wish I had a calendar and speaking engagements like that person. I think that's only normal, and it's pretty, pretty much human. Don't you think to have those kind of um, feelings? But I learned early on when I fr- my first book came out, Trials of Today, Treasures for Tomorrow, there's another woman pretty much in my same situation. She And her book also came out, but she had such a platform way beyond the one I had back then. And I used to think, oh, why, Lord, why did this happen? I mean, my, nobody's going to ever notice my book. And I was just boohooing my way. But then later I realized, wait a minute, God said, he has plans for me, plans to prosper mm. me, not to harm me, to give me hope in the future. That means if he has plans for me, he has plans for her too. Those are the plans for her. These are the plans he has for me. I'm going to relish in them. I'm going to just enjoy every moment of it. Maybe he will never take me to the platform or the level that she's in, but you know what? I'm not going to beat myself over the head for it. I'm going to be still keep my joy, be grateful, do what I can do best, and just keep 
the peace in my heart that sometimes can be taken away with envy, with jealousy, or we fall into the, what I call the snare to compare. So now, you know what I do, Marnie? I pray for all those ladies. Those ladies like you who have this wonderful ministry, I say, Lord, bless my Marnie. Expand her territory. Enlarge it, Lord. Boy, you don't know what that does to me. <laughs> it gives me back my joy. Yes. You know, and I just, I love this too because we are, and I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure which part of, which part of us makes us always compare, but we tend to do that. And what I've watched so many times, uh, like when you and the other uh, gals book came out at the same time, kind of almost on the same topic. And a few years ago, at one of the Bible study experts, we had two books by the exact same title. (laughs) You know, it's like so amazing how God, you know, these gals didn't know each other. They didn't know they were writing books. They weren't trying to compete. They were just letting God flow through them what he had to say to people right then through them. And he, even to this, to the extent that it was the name of the same book, so uh, the same name for different books. But what's interesting with us is that we tend to feel like God is uh, betraying us if somebody else has the same message. But instead, what's happening is God is saying, "This message is so important that I'm going to flow it through multiple people right now in multiple ways to reach the most audience possible, and you get to be part of it." I mean, to me, that's like okay. That's a huge compliment that God is choosing you to say what he's wanting to say right now, and it's so important he's flowing it through several people. So I, I think that the, the snare to compare, though, I love I love how you pray for the people. And that's actually, you know, that's actually my entire ministry is based on helping other people develop other people's platforms. I mean, that's, that's what God has been doing all the time. And like you said, when you pray for other people, when you encourage them in their ministry, it is so beautiful for you is there's a, really a blessing in that uh, instead of being upset about it you're thrilled and delighted about it it really changes everything yeah. it does huh. it does it's the enemy that's that so- tries to get in there right but we won't let him <laughs> absolutely absolutely well how do how do we then go about seeing challenges as channels to god's victory well that one um has really been very up and up front for me as I speak because it it was very much illustrated when a year after my Joe was killed, the man responsible was uh, processed. The trial took three days, and that was a very difficult trial for me because I had to listen to all the all the details oh. that happened at night, how he was stabbed, and all that. And of course, at the end of the trial, we we were ready for the verdict. We thought finally justice is going to be heard. And the verdict read, not guilty on all counts. He had stabbed my son 23 times, and he was just gone home free. And Mm. so my husband and I went home devastated. We were destroyed, couldn't understand. Praying, literally, money, on our knees in our bed, and we prayed for strength. We prayed for wisdom to know how how to deal with it. And God was so gracious. He did answer our prayer. Because one one of those nights, my husband said to me, you know, if this man repents and is forgiven, he too will be in heaven with our son. We have to forgive him. So that night we chose to forgive the man completely, not because he suffered a just punishment, because he didn't, but we forgave him 
because God has first forgiven us. In that way, we were set free from the prisons of resentment, bitterness, and anger that could have held us prisoners. We were set free. So that challenge of seeing and experiencing that horrible injustice became the channel for God to use me and speak about the beautiful gift of forgiveness, the freedom of forgiveness. How we can just experience something that could set us to a new level of knowing God and forgiving someone who has done so wrong to us. I think maybe not to that extreme in your case or in those who are listening. I think every channel has to put, every challenge has the potential to become a channel to God for God to use to help others, to teach others, and to really remind them of God's faithfulness in every circumstance. I think. Mm, so so beautiful, and you know it, it's just so tragic beyond <laughs> beyond description, and how you you know you had to go through all that thing and then come out with no resolution at the end, no human visible resolution. And, and, you know, and yet that, that I... Is, mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, that is true. Human resolution is, is something that we look for, right? Um, right? That is what... One logically... The logical thing to to see happen is a man who committed such a crime to be punished. So often we look for a human solution, um, a logical um, answer... But God is saying, I am beyond human. I I will give you something that, although may seem possible, humanly speaking, but it will reach so much, uh, reap so much more fruit, be able to further my kingdom in a more powerful way. Now, if if someone would have told me that at the moment we heard the verdict, I would have thought that there is no way. I'm just too right. destroyed to be able to even think that how God could use this for the good. In fact, I told I, I had a conversation with God <laughs> and asked him that, but he not only turned it to good, as he said in his word, you know, all things would turn to good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. In this situation, he did not only turn it to good, he turned it into, into the best for me to be able to have the ministry to speak about um, forgiveness and the freedom it brings. So you're right. It's not logical. <laughs> but certainly it is divine. And it's beautiful. <laughs> this is Marnie's mother. <laughs> this hour has flown by. Janet, thank you so much for being here. You are so welcome, Marnie. What a blessing for me, and I hope your listeners visit me on my website. <laughs> Absolutely. So you guys can go check it out at JanetPerezEchel.com, or you can look her up at uh, WomenSpeakers.com. Janet is the number one best-selling author, the Latina international speaker, radio host, and personal success coach who helps guide women toward becoming number one in turning obstacles into triumph and success. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 